Happy Monday. It's Sports Talk. Kicking off a week of fun and festivities. This is a two-hour show that has really two distinct parts to it today. An hour here in studio with me, Scott Beatty, and Evan Kahn. And then at 5 o'clock, we move up the street to the Esquire in downtown Champaign. And the News Gazette sports writers will banter about with Steve Kelly and their guests this week in person, Illini wrestling coach Mike Poeta and former Illini great and now on the staff, Isaiah Martinez. So it's sort of like a Monday Night Raw at the Esquire, right, Evan? <laughs> look at look, look at you. Yeah, see? You got it right. I pay attention to the Red, advertising. I'll, I'll definitely be watching the Red Brand tonight. We've got no baseball for the area, no White Sox, no Cardinals, no Cubs. Everybody's off. I, I'm really not into Monday Night Football yet either. I can't. Oh, yeah, it's the Cowboys, so I'm naturally going <laughs> to tune that <laughs> one out. So, But that's America's team. It, the the rest of America, God God bless the USA, but yeah, not, not the Cowboys for me. But uh, what yeah. about Judge? What about Aaron Judge yeah, in, in Toronto? We'll have to keep keep an eye on that. the The odds are pretty good. I think the, I, I heard the family's going tonight, and they've been there, been at every game for like since since he hit sixty. Yes. And, and, so they're going tonight, and then I think they're going to get back to their lives. So have a good feeling about it. I did not expect after Albert hit 699 that 10 minutes later he'd turn around and hit number 700. Uh, I, I was just kind of going to, to look at the highlight of it, and it was right as he was hitting the, the next one. So that was really exciting Friday and, and did not set up the – just ugly weekend of football that we saw across college and the NFL, but ugly but close. I guess. a lot of close games. I, I mean, if that's what you're looking for, and I, I'm assuming then you did not find the butt punt to be aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> no, I. And they still win the game. You've got stuff like that going on. You've got veteran quarterbacks running out the back of the end zone, looking Dan Orlovsky like. I mean, it's just bad. I. Watched it three or four times and then saw it and never saw it. I seriously thought the guy just kicked it backwards somehow. <laughs> I didn't know it was physically possible, but I thought the guy, it, it took me a while to see that, oh, it went off that guy's butt. If you missed it, a Miami Dolphins punter in his own end zone, so a shorter distance to snap and get the punt off, uh, kicked a ball into his own guy's rear end right in front of him. The ball, the arc of it looks like it's a backwards C. <laughs> It just caromed up. I don't know how he even did that. <laughs> but so much force the, behind it. The guy's glute uh, got a hand on it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had some seams after that. But <laughs> I think that that's really kind of like the, leave a mark. the barometer, right? When, when you're seeing multiple safeties coming up in one day and they're like really bad safeties, <laughs> that, that's kind of uh, just hints that it's really bad football <laughs> yeah there's some bad football teams in the nfl this year i mean the bears are two and one <laughs> bear down chicago bears uh justin fields basically handed things off uh, or moved himself in order to move that offense <laughs> this is a guy that look i i was as excited as anybody that the bears went for it just to 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 cut their losses in the quarterback department and say all right we gotta start over and, and maybe this guy's going to turn out. 
uh, I, I get that it's not a overnight thing, and I get that there's more pieces, but uh-oh. <laughs> well, that that was the first game, I think. And, and again, we're what? I, I don't even think he started 16 games in the NFL. I think that was Correct. Like start 15 or 14, something like that. So he's still in the first year. But that was the, the first time I was kind of worried. You, you saw him make some bad reads, some just really poorly thrown passes. There, there were some drops along the way. But again, after that first interception, the next two drives, they go run, run, run. Run, run, run. What kind of confidence, what kind of message are you sending to your young quarterback when you're running on third and 16 deep in your, your own territory? That, I mean, that, that's going to mess with his head. That is different from the game plan. I liked what they did the first two drives. Had him rolling out of the pocket. He completed some passes. They scored 10 points. He throws a pick, and then they, they just quit passing it. So there, there's a little of this, little of that. The, the line is still awful. I mean, he gets like a second where he's got to make a decision, and you've got to have a wide receiver to get open, and they've got like five fourth-string wide receivers on the average NFL roster running out there. So it's not panic time. Again, they're 2-1. and one. <laughs> So, you know, wins are, are wins are wins when, when it comes to the NFL, and, and we'll give it a little bit more time. I will say this, though. The, the Bears game came down to the wire, and then as soon as that game ended, CBS cut to the Miami-Buffalo game, and that's how you got to see the butt punt if you were here. <laughs> and then as soon as that game ended on one of the best quarterbacks in the league not able to get a snap off because of time running out so there's a beautiful way to end a football game as soon as that got over they cut to indianapolis and kansas city and indianapolis pulling off the upset over pat mahomes um and and, and at least it was kind of it kind of had that like march madness feel like okay we're going over here now okay now we're going over here and they're all coming down to the wire so that was kind of fun but but uh i don't know who's really a good football team other than a few the eagles I think the Eagles are, are the only team that I'm confident are good for, for all aspects of the game. Otherwise, yeah, Indianapolis gets shut out the week before, and then they beat the Chiefs. The Chargers aren't going to have Justin Herbert, or if they do, I mean, he's going to be hobbled. It's just... it's And again, nobody plays in the preseason, so maybe now we're through the quote-unquote Pre yeah. post preseason, yeah, and and teams just will, will start kind of dialing it in, but it, it was not pretty over the weekend. No, but there was a, a whole lot of football. Yep, there was a whole lot of football. College football was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get into that, but uh, also Aaron Judge uh, on baseball again last night. I was like, okay, I missed Albert's 700th because I was kind of like you. I saw the note that he had hit 699, and by the time you turn around to go <laughs> find 700, he had already hit it, which is great. But Aaron Judge, all the buildup last night, and then it rained. <laughs> they, and they <laughs> because hung, baseball. Yeah, and they, they hung around, and they stuck it out, at, I think, as late as they could. They called it eventually at 9.30, 10 o'clock. Well, and he was due up. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw, I think it was John Heyman pointed out, so Aaron Judge loses that at bat. Apparently Maris hit a home run in a game that got washed out and didn't end up counting. So it, it kind of evens out, and he's still got uh, 9, 10 games left in the season. So. But it kept, I don't know how many people are still tuning in for a Red Sox-Yankees game outside of Aaron Judge, but for, for the folks that were tuning in, tuning in for Aaron Judge, it kept him around. The best part of last night's telecast 
on on Sunday night baseball, which I've been critical of, and you, and you have too. Uh, I thought it was a, it was a solid broadcast last night, um, but they had this alternate broadcast, the K Rod thing going with Michael mm, K. Yes, and Alex Rodriguez, and they bring in Roger Clemens, so they're all sitting there, and then. So they're all they're all in the same studio or wherever they are, and then they bring in on remotely. They bring in Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it was interesting, but also I'm like I'm not going to watch history with these three. Uh. <laughs> I'm not watching this. But you know that's what they wanted. They want, and they almost got it because he was on when when Judge hit a deep fly ball to left, and Roger Clemens was on it he was calling about he's sitting change up he saw exactly what was going on and how judge just missed on that one and um how he's reading and and how um uh brilliant of a hitter aaron judge has been this Mm -hmm. year Uh, i'm talking not only what he's accomplished but his cerebral process in his in his approach and at bats but i still was like okay i gotta I, I I'm kind of eh, eh, on the steroid and the Hall of Fame thing. I'm not I'm not here to say you guys aren't some of the greatest, but I was like I, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, awkward. I'll, I'll go I'll go watch Carl Ravitch call it. <laughs> well, I guess that that's the only way that they think baseball is interesting. Let's make the most controversial <laughs> inning of baseball possible, and Let's we'll just... see if the folks will tune in for it. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Is it <laughs> <laughs> to baseball fans? I, I I don't know. That's like getting married and making sure your ex is on camera or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, sports talk here. Um, Chris Thomas uh, today was already on with us this morning on a Monday morning quarterbacks. How the schedule worked out this week, uh, but we're still going to bring you. Uh, some of what he had to say from this morning, a little bit later, Illinois volleyball off to a 2-0 and start in Big mm-hmm. Ten play. They took care of Maryland. They swept Northwestern and did it at Huff Hall on Friday and Saturday night. Illinois football did not play. They will play this Saturday against Wisconsin on the road in uh, Madison. That is an 11 a.m. kickoff, and then in two Saturdays, the game time's been announced for Illinois against Iowa at Memorial Stadium, 6.30 p.m. October 8th. I think even if Illinois would lose against Wisconsin, and they are an underdog going up there by eight, nine points, depending on what you check, even if... Down to seven. Hasn't moved. Moved a point I and a half wondered since last night. because I thought... People, I'd people be tempted like, to take people the, like Illinois this year. They I, did it against Indiana. They bet it all the way down from two and, or three and a half. I think it got to a pick'em. I thought that they would. I thought that was a little high to take for a cover. I, th- yeah. I, mean, I think Illinois could have co- could cover. So anyway, uh, this game on October eighth has, I think, the potential attendance wise to be maybe like what the North Carolina game was. And we have not seen that at Memorial Stadium since that night game at North Mm -hmm. Carolina. Even if Illinois loses, I think there could still be enough because Iowa is a stout defense but still beatable. Mm -hmm. And Rutgers. Rutgers just sold out that game against Iowa on Saturday. If Rutgers can sell out their stadium, why can't 
Illinois sellout Memorial Stadium with a winning record. Like you said, win win or lose, it's going Illinois is going to go in with a winning record with a chance if you win one of these games that really sets you in that that bowl trajectory and makes you think that that you can compete somewhere here in, in the West. So yeah, uh, I I would love to see Memorial pay, Stadium packed that night. There's no way the team thinks like this, but just from the outside, in terms of bowl, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, all tough opponents. But you get even one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's acceptable. All I'm saying is you even get one of those. I think there's two more wins out there beyond that because you know who else looks very beatable? Nebraska, Michigan State, and Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, and Minnesota looked really good on Saturday. Yes. So, so that one might not even be in the conversation. It might be down to you got to win one of these Wisconsin or, or Iowa games. So big game on Saturday. You get to come home under the lights. First, no, second night game of the year. Uh yeah, well, it's yeah. Wyoming was a night game, but mm-hmm. but 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 Big Ten for realsies kind of thing, and tired of kind of falling short a little bit against Iowa, and and you've had all day, and <laughs> and 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 the crowd maybe a little extra uh, energized, shall we say, lubricated. There you go, Hi- well well hydrated. Mm-hmm. It could be raucous at Memorial Stadium on October eighth. All right, first things first, we'll come back. Guess what also is today? First day of basketball practice. That's right. Kind of. I mean, they've already been kind of practicing, but it's They different. never really stop. I know. <laughs> but it's first day of real practice. Brad Underwood talked with us. So did Brett Bielma. We'll bring you some of that. And again, some of what Chris Thomas had to say here on a Monday Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, I'm Joey Wright. Join me and Colin Likas in Muhammad this Friday as Muhammad Seymour hosts Quincy Notre Dame in the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. It's on our sister station 97.5 Friday at 645. Join us. Tune in tomorrow for White Sox Baseball here on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. Monday Sports Talk in the next hour up at the Esquire. The News Gazette sports writers are live there. And their guests, Mike Poeta, Isaiah Martinez. By the way, Scott Ritchie's newest edition of Inside Illini Basketball has dropped. If you want to check it out at our website, wdws.com. Basketball's first practice of the year was this morning. Uh, no more midnight madness uh, from the days gone by when everybody in the nation could start practicing at midnight and all that. Well, I guess you still can technically, but now there is uh, so many practices you can do within a certain window and people can start their first practice when they want and there's a lot more flexibility. So some of the buildup around that isn't quite what it used to be, but nonetheless, they got in the gym this morning. Here's Brad Underwood. Uh, we had a very, very good fall. Uh, from a conditioning standpoint, I feel like we're we're um, at a point we haven't been. We're we're much further ahead. Um, I think this was a uh, intentional to be to be that. I think we did things a little bit differently um, this fall uh, with a with a real heavy dose of the conditioning, uh, knowing that we're 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 going to be a little bit different and and have to play a little bit uh, in a different style. So I feel great about that. We got day one in the books. Typical day one, you know, you wish you could t- bottle some of that energy and enthusiasm and, 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 and open, a, open the jar in mid-January uh, and utilize a little of that. But um, I've been very, very pleased 
with all of our freshmen. Uh, they have done a great job of picking up things. This is a cerebral group, um, and they've and and they ask a lot of questions, which is really unique. Um, usually, we don't get guys that that want to ask questions if they don't understand stuff. This group has been way above average in 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 those in those areas. It's going to be fun, and yet challenging. To figure, to continually figure out all the pieces of this of this puzzle, and what I mean by that is, uh, you have some 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 wing players who are very very gifted, and finding out their strengths and finding out what we can do uh, with those strengths is 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 going to be fun. And and you know you look at a lineup that we've looked at, you know Terrence Shannon playing some point, you know with with some really big lineups and and. Uh, at, in terms of positional size. So, yeah, we've got a lot of options. Uh, it's the strength of this team. And, yeah, we've got to continue to grow that um, and, and build on that diversity on the offensive side. Terrence Shannon possibly playing some point, okay. I don't doubt it. Were you curious about the freshman point guard play by chance? That As... seems to be a big question. Like, who's playing point? How is that going to go? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, just the the way that the roster set up and you think about the guys, they've got primary ball handlers, but they've got enough guys that can handle the ball mm-hmm. and bring it up that having a, a you know point guard specific kind of person, I, I wasn't really counting on it. If Sky Clark, you know, comes and shows out, same thing with Epps, you know, they, they could be that guy. But with with the pieces, like he said, um, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be very set, especially in the early season as they figure out who plays where. All right. Well, here's Brad Underwood on on his freshman and freshman point guards is talking about uh, sincere Harris, Jaden Epps, and then yeah, Sky Clark. Thing about those guys is physically we won't have a lot of limitations there. They're they're all three physically very strong. Uh, they're they have they have just. Uh, what I'll say above average athleticism, quickness, strength. Uh, so, so that part of it's not, I don't have to worry about. Now, you know, just the subtleties of the game and, and how we want to play. And, and one of the things we're trying to do is obviously is play a little faster. The game's already sped up for them. And, and now we're playing it at a fast pace. And, and um, you know, we've got to have our wings help. We've got to continue to let these guys make mistakes. We've got to continue to strive to push them through mistakes and not lose confidence. And then we've got to show them a ton of film. And uh, uh, when I left, we've already had a, we already had a group in there watching film uh, with, with coaches as I came over here. So this group likes to watch film, so that'll help expedite, I hope, some of their learning. Uh, but again, until, until you go out and, and face that competition, you don't know what it's like. So you know, we'll grow with them, but, but, but I, I like this group a lot. Get ready for some bumps. Get ready for some head-scratching moments. It's just going to happen with young players. Um, the Illini do not have a veteran point guard, true point guard that is also a veteran. Yes, there are multiple guys that can handle the ball and positionless basketball and all that, but you still have to have a guy that directs the whole thing. And when it's in the hands of a freshman... It's gonna be. It's just gonna be part of the deal. I. This is a team that's gonna. 
I'm broken record on this. It's going to build towards February and March. What you see in November is not the final product. One would hope. Well, we, we've seen, even over the last couple, three years, guys who are in the rotation in November might not be there in January, but they could be back by March. It's it's always in ebbs and flows, especially when they have this much talent. He's not going to get 10, 11, 12 guys into a game on a consistent basis. It'll be eight, nine guys, whoever fits that kind of matchup. And I think Terrence Shannon, when you talk about a, a veteran guy, he, he's, he comes in as the, the slasher, the guy who can take it to the hole. So I think he would be the de facto point guard in those situations if they don't have trust in the freshman. But a lot of hype around Sky Clark. Also Epps, I, 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 maybe they do come in and they don't quite play like freshmen, especially with the amount of veterans around him. You think back when I was here, he was the guy and he had a whole bunch of inexperience around him, whereas they can come in and they can handle the ball, but they don't have to necessarily be the guy. They can be there to, to set other guys up and, and then work off the ball and get set up for themselves. I, I sense Brad Underwood's having fun. He's enjoying this process. Now, he might not feel the same way if he's struggling to stay at 500 or something in <laughs> But I, I would just, I would just encourage everybody to take a take a breather. And if some losses come, you know that Vegas tournament comes quick. Get some really good teams. Mm-hmm. Just just roll with it and see what happens. Uh, the the Big Ten schedule theoretically looks favorable for Illinois, but again, you don't know what people are really going to be until it's there. You know, Indiana is supposed to be the best this year, but supposed to is based on just what it looks like because they have a lot of returners and they've got trace jackson davis (laughs) so i I would just say enjoy the ride on this one see what happens yeah along the lines of what you were saying you just got to get into march they're not all going to be 0405s just breezing through the season undefeated you you just got to get to march and you hope that they're they're peaking at the right time And, and Maybe they do figure it out pretty early. Maybe maybe they don't. But I think the talent, and that's why he and everybody from the national media that was in during their open gyms or whatever last week were, were buying into the hype because there there's length and there's athleticism and there's shooters and there's talent to, on, on this team, 1 through 11. One more here from Brad Underwood. He does like what the defense could be. Defensively. Um, I think this team can be one of the best defensive teams we've had. Now that I've said that, we'll probably, you know, give up a hundred. But uh, uh, I, I like this team. We've got to we've we've got to continue to build chemistry there on the defensive side. We've got to become a, a, a group that defensive rebounds. I keep telling them all the time that uh, I use I use Kansas as a reference. You know, their wings last year eight, seven, seven, seven. You know, there are four wings that were all. And that's seven to eight rebounds a game. Uh, we've got to get that from our guys this year. Yep. That's what you got to do. And uh, you know how much Brad Underwood values defense. That's going to be your way onto the floor. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll hear a little bit from Chris Thomas, Illinois volleyball coach. He was on with us this morning, bringing you some of what he had to say after Illinois volleyball started off 2-0. and Monday Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Colin Likas with the News Gazette. Join us on Wednesday for the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by the U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. right here on DWS. 
We continue on Sports Talk. Uh, and in case you missed it, Chris Thomas was on with us this morning. We usually have him with us in studio here in the afternoon, so we're going to do that sort of retroactively. Chris Thomas, Illinois volleyball coach, started out 2-0 and in Big Ten play with wins over both Maryland and Northwestern at home. They got another one against Purdue this Friday night. Here's the coach. Yeah, it was great. I thought the uh, fans, t- you know, turned out tremendous. And uh, Spike Squad, there was all the student section was filled as we like to see it. And of course, the community always great with their support as well. And uh, yeah, got the video board working, and you know, still some kind of uh, in-game glitches to work out. But uh, I, th- I thought it was good for a first run, and obviously came away with a couple of wins. So it was, it was nice to have. I know your non-conference schedule was pretty tough, but the the Big Ten we've talked about it plenty of times is a deep conference. And I had been hearing Northwestern's up this year. Northwestern's up in Maryland. I have been liking the direction they're going. And you handled both of them. So what went well? Yeah, I think that's a part of the pre-conference scheduling is, you know, not that those teams didn't have challenges in pre-conference, but we had them every single week. And, uh, you know, both of their records on paper were better than ours. And uh, But, you know, the, the Big Ten is the Big Ten. And, and I think you saw that throughout the weekend, uh, all throughout the conference. And, you know, it's kind of the, the old here we go. So, uh, you know, we handled business how we, we needed to this week. And now a couple more coming up this weekend that are going to be uh, just the same. But we're, we got Purdue and Wisconsin, so we get some of the top dogs in conference. Any particular adjustments you made just for the tournament game? Well, you know, we we kind of we, we had some in in the works already, and then on Friday morning, our one of our outside hitters, uh, Jessica Nunji, went down with with an injury, just kind of a random sports injury, and uh, wasn't able to go. So we had to make a last minute switch, and we have kind of our Brooke Moser, who had played some back row for us, and she. Uh, she played outside and and uh, setter and and uh, in high school. I brought her here to be a setter, uh, but we know she's capable of swinging. We put her on the outside. She did tremendous against Maryland on night one and held her own again in night two, and uh, just was a great force out there. And then we we put a couple other defensive players in the back row. We just you know our passing was was something that was lacking, and and uh, you know we we made a few adjustments. But I, I just felt overall it was it was kind of more the uh, it's between the ears. It's not like we were a completely different team. It's the same team. That's well, you lost a couple of really tough uh, three-two games. Yeah, uh, yeah, two. and that's and that's how it goes sometimes. And that was I think it was more about the mentality of where the players were at, and they were pressing to try to score points in earlier weeks and. Uh, you know, sometimes when that works, you don't play as well. And this this week we played really freely. Uh, Raina Terry was uh, uh, a beast out there this weekend, and uh, good to have her back in, in that capacity. Yeah, she looked like she was all Big Ten, which I know she's capable of doing, but she just seemed to be kind of on a in a zone almost of the way she yeah. was playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, she started off against Maryland 5-for-5. Five five. I mean, that's unheard of, right? And and she continued the game really well, and then she had big-time kills when we needed it. Front row, back row, huge blocks, uh, passed really well. So it's it's the type of play that she's capable of and, and happy to see her do that. When a hitter in volleyball is hot, in the zone, whatever it is, what is, what is working? Is it the power that's coming off is it there a bit it looks random to somebody when you get a kill because you're just going up there swinging <laughs> the ball and hope it falls down right but there there's there's a lot of skill and decision making that's happening in the moment right yeah so, yeah that's uh, i'm trying to get an analogy is it like a shooter in basketball that's hitting threes um you know when it's kind of like doesn't matter where they are they're they're in they're in range kind of thing yeah maybe it's it's i can probably 
a little bit like that and maybe more like a point guard driving the lane. Do I go up and lay it up? Do I dish it off? It's really that split-second decision that really makes a hitter. Um, you know, everything has to line up. They have to recognize their feet are in a good position that they can, you know, get the, get the ball at the top of the approach and, and take as good of a swing as you can. But sometimes it's full power. Sometimes it's off speed. Um, and Raina mixed up all of her shots this weekend. So it was good to see kind of have to keep the defenses on their toes and not get them used to just defending one shot. Because if you're a one shot hitter, they're going to everyone in the conference is good at defending it. So, um, yeah, it's just she made all the great decisions in the moment. Um, what And that's what great hitters do. And, and it turned out really well. And then Brooke Mosier, you remember you mentioned you brought her here as a setter, but you're using her as an outside hitter. Is she a bit of a Swiss Army knife as a volleyball player. Are there many that can do that? She's probably the, the most talented volleyball player all-around volleyball player that I've coached uh, in a long time. Really? And, yeah, she can do everything. And if if I needed her in the middle, she could probably figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for those two positions, I mean, she did it all through high school, through club. Um, you know, at 5'10", 5'11", it's not something you, we usually look for at this level. But, you know, we just needed her in a pinch, and she used every shot in the book, too. And uh, really good to see and, you know, frustrated the defense. And I think that was a, a huge part of our, our wins this weekend as well. Monday Morning Quarterbacks is brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. Let's talk about Huff real quick and, and the ability to get there for the fans, particularly as the weather turns bad here. Uh what what do you see uh, as uh, happening? Is there anything in the future for you there in terms of a, of a better place to play? Yeah, so right now in terms of transportation for this season, it's uh, why the weather's still good. It's it's still kind of the same where it's this availability of Huff or around Huff. Um, State Farm is also available too. I know there's a golf cart shuttles that are going back and forth while the weather's good. Once it turns, uh, maybe in November, I think, uh, when it, once we start playing November, they have a Peoria charter that's going to shuttle people uh, to and from the game. Um, in the future, I know there's a parking lot that's being scheduled over by the law building right across from the Smith Center. Uh, so that's going to add a lot of uh, parking as well. And then, uh, yeah, it's wherever they end up putting us, we'll play. I mean, I know the hockey project got shut down uh, after COVID, and you know we we like Huff a lot. You know, obviously, the parking has to be addressed, but uh, I believe our people are doing that. This question has come up several times now. Is there room near Beofeld to build a building that might be for for volleyball, for example? Oh, there's room. <laughs> there's room for, yeah. for a building. It's just a matter of what they want to end up doing doing mm-hmm. with it, right? And so right now I know that parking is used for football and such. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've heard several plans being thrown around, but uh, nothing that's, you know, more You know, than, when you more, say more, that that's used for parking – Illinois has got better parking for football than anybody. Oh, oh, even yeah. if you took that away, they would still have the best parking yeah, for yeah. anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So I those those decisions aren't mine. Obviously, I just you know show up and try to pretend I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, try to try to get in the servant in and pass it well. well what have they there. done for for Huff this year in terms of making it better? Yeah, so that's uh, the scoreboard is huge, and if you haven't seen it yet, it, it yeah, I was told it was going to replace the the system that was already there, the old the old scoreboard, and it would just be all video screen. It's about twice that size, and so it really takes up that whole back wall and uh, adds a lot to the game. I still think there's more we can do to to engage the crowd in in some of that, but I know this weekend was the first run for it. Um, And, yeah, other than that, you know, we're just kind of getting some small upgrades here and there. There's maybe more internals of the team, but uh, it's it's been great. Friday night at Huff Hall with that video board, Purdue. 
Yeah. They're pretty good, by the way. And then you go Sunday to Wisconsin. They won a national championship, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both teams uh, in the top 10 are, I think, produced close to it. And I'm, they're going to shoot up into the top 10 after this weekend. So uh, two top 10 battles. And uh, it's always nice to, to play them. We've, we've seemed to match up really well against Purdue over the last several years. Um, and Wisconsin, we've, you know, we've had some battles with them as well, too. And, you know, they, they won the national championship, but they're, coming off you know trying to replace a lot of pieces so we hope to kind of get them back on their heels and, and play our game and see what we can do i was going to ask you about purdue yeah it does uh you, you do have had their number a number of times for whatever reason maybe you don't want to say but is it clear to you yeah i can see why we've matched up well with a certain team stylistically and versus other teams where we just haven't because even if we're both really good it's just kind of how they face each other Yes. <laughs> right? Sorry, I just made your point, right? <laughs> yeah. You said the you know, That's yes the or no. second time this week. Yes or no questions, yeah. I made that uh, mistake on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I can elaborate on that, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I just think, yeah, there's always going to be certain styles of play and training and how you do things. And, uh, you know, one one coach's way of doing it, you know, I, I tell this to the players from time to time, and I'll, I'll go back to a conversation I had with Jordan Poulter back when she was here when 2018 when we made our run to the Final Four. She's like, well, do you, we're in mid-October. We're doing decently. She goes, ah, do you think we can do well in the tournament? I was like, well, you need a couple things happen for you. You need to be healthy at the time of tournament. Obviously, you need to make it there. Um, you need and, and you need your matchups to go well. Uh, because there's times where you just run up against a team and the matchup's n- not there. And I think that year Minnesota was was higher ranked than us and they were hosting and they were going to be hosting the Final Four and they got matched up with the Oregon team that I thought was just a bad matchup for what Minnesota-style yeah. play was. So I kind of called that upset because that's I just felt like that was a, a match that they, that they would struggle with and they did. So, yeah, a lot of it is uh, just pure execution. I mean, that's their sport. There's not a ton of plays that we can run. It's, this isn't like football where we have, you know, 15 different formations. We've got one formation and three different plays that we run on any given any given sequence, and then you got to pass well to do that, right? So it becomes an execution game. But for the most part, I, I think, yeah, there are some stylistic things that end up, you know, you can match up well against. And then, of course, if you got the mentality of, hey, we've played with this team before when they have been better than us or whatever, you, you kind of have that mental edge when you walk into a, into a gym. So we hope to have that here on Friday as well. It always seemed like the team that sets up the best has the best chance to score. Obviously, how how's your setting been this year? Yeah, Diana's been great. You know, fifth year senior, and uh, you know, I think she's one of the ones that was maybe pressing a little bit in the preseason where she was trying to make you know some decisions and uh, trying to set some people that you know she, she felt like she had to do more than than what is was needed. And we just kind of sat down last week with all the players, not just her, but but her specifically because she's the quarterback. She runs it right, and we're just trying to tell her that. Hey, just make the easy choice. We got hitters that can that can do something, and we don't need to be super flashy. And um, she did a nice job this week, and just making the good choice and the easy choice, and I should say, and uh, really worked well. And uh, just let our hitters go to work, and which they did. All right, there's some of what Chris Thomas had to say this morning on Monday Morning Quarterbacks. Penny, for your thoughts. Appreciate his time. Still plenty more here on Sports Talk. Evan and I have a little bit more, and then it's up at the Esquire where the News Gazette sports writers are kicking it around. Hey, CU under construction. Want to take a moment to uh, highlight that they're hiring. They're looking for some help. If you are maybe looking for a change and wanting something where a company uh, is 
Well, you just feel good about the company you're working for. That's that's the direction to go. See you under construction. They hire quality people who are skilled in carpentry, and especially they're looking for and the trades, but also they build into their employees. They make sure that, yeah, okay, first of all, you get the benefits, uh, the 401ks and health and time off and all that stuff, but they do things that make sure you keep up on your skills, that you grow as an employee, and that uh, you're appreciated and known and uh, valued for what you do, not just taken advantage of. So see you under construction, just head to their website, seeyouunderconstruction.com and check out the hiring page there. You can apply or just reach out to them. Uh, they're looking and they're ready to uh, listen and interview you. So check them out. See you under construction. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, a weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has turned in his All-Big Ten preseason team, and that includes Terrence Shannon Jr. This might be the song. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. It is. I think so. <laughs> I'm going to wait for it. I don't think it is. It's just kind of groovy. Okay. Your infomercial ready. Do you want a funk? Is that the name of the song? Yeah. <laughs> so this could That's work on, on Fridays. <laughs> this could work on Fridays. It could. It very well could. It sounds like some Studio 54 stuff. <laughs> I'm just trying to mix it up, man. <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Talk. Um, yeah, you heard uh, the tease there on Scott Ritchie's podcast. Terrence uh, Shannon Jr. is... Not a wrong answer on a preseason All Big Ten, but I, I there could be others coming from Illinois, or maybe not. <laughs> that just underscores the I don't know what we're going to have mm-hmm. here. You like the talent that's on the roster, but how it will all flesh out. Plus, uh, I don't think Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to, or anyone is going to have some of the eye bulging stats that that uh, like Io or Kofi would have. Because it just it looks to be more spread out. That's the way uh, Brad Underwood and I think the media is could be trusted to recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to be a Johnny Davis or a, or a Keegan or Keegan Murray type of stats either. No, nobody on, on the roster has shown to be that guy. Even you think Shannon, who started a number of years at, at Texas Tech, I think he only averaged double digits one year. He, he's kind of the the guy that you would think, being the fifth year guy who started before, he he would be the leading scorer. But nobody necessarily yeah has that guy who's going to put up high volume shots, who's going to really dominate the the ball. Just the fact that he's the point guard, maybe. It's probably him the most likely, but yeah, it, probably looking at three, four, five, six different guys, probably averaging double digits, bringing in those rebounds, like you mentioned, hopefully two, three assists for three, four of the guards, and a real cohesive kind of team. And it'll be interesting to see how Brad uses, uh, you know, the, the, the exhibition and the scrimmages and, and the early, uh, quote, softer opponents. In, in ter- do you keep a shorter bench or a really deep bench to try and see everybody? Because you know when you have a veteran team, all right, let's get some of the younger guys in. Uh, let's see what they can do and get them under the lights really quick. Do you need to try and accelerate that process with everybody? Do you need to kind of – I'm going to kind of go with what I feel here with a six, seven, eight-man rotation. Hmm. Seven, eight, I should say. 
Probably depends on the game when you, when you think of that Vegas trip. I, I imagine, especially if Brad Underwood's wanting to, to perform well, he'll probably stick with the veterans there. Bright lights, good teams, smaller bench. But yeah, the, those exhibition games, the Eastern Illinois, Lindenwood, hopefully you can get everybody in there and, and get some reps before conference play. All right. We're headed up the street. The Esquire is up next. They're going to talk to Illinois wrestling coaches. Mike Poeta and Isaiah Martinez. I hear there is a ring in the basement, by the way, to have their own little Raw at the Esquire. In the basement of the Esquire? Yeah, I think that's what happens. I think they throw down after after they uh, do the show. Okay. Pretty sure that's what happens. My money's on Bob. Thank you all. Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Talk to you soon.